Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mikaitis. Hello, and thanks so much for joining us here for episode 137 with Dr. Tom Hansen. Tom brings his perspective associated with working with professional sports teams when they get kind of anxious or nervous, the yips, as they call them in baseball, and applies that to your own corporate professional world. So you're going to walk away learning, one, how to work out the yips in corporate performance like a pro athlete, two, an easy ABC framework for overcoming anxiety, and three, why promises are so often broken and how to do it better. So if you'd like to check out the show notes or the transcript or the links to items referenced here, you'll find that over at awesomeatyourjob.com slash ep137. While you're at awesomeatyourjob.com, I recommend you check out some of the cool stuff from the Golden Nugget email list where we take the notes for you. If you're exercising or driving, unable to put pen to paper, well, we do it for you. We email it to you, add your own notes, and you're all done. You also get access to the secret archive of the previous 136 guests and the notes that we've taken there. So come on down, join the fun there, as well as the 10 Days to Winning at Work email course, which has a lot of great tactics that can slash an expected 84 minutes of waste out of your work week. But for now, here's Tom's story. Tom Hansen, PhD, is the CEO of Heads Up Performance, Inc., Tom is a certified professional coach with 17 years experience coaching, speaking, and training. He's worked with the Rangers, Yankees, and numerous other professional sports teams. He holds a doctorate in sports psychology from the University of Virginia and uses his expertise in human performance to evoke excellence in professional athletes, CEOs, and other corporate performers. He's co-authored the books, Heads Up Baseball, Playing the Game One Pitch at a Time, Who Will Do What by When, and more. Here's Tom. Tom, thanks so much for joining us here on the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast. You're very welcome. It's awesome to be here. Oh, well, it's so good to have you. And I wanted to say, first of all, ILL. Go fighting fine. <laughs> Indeed. Fine. Yes, that's good. That's Love good. It. I spent Green Street in Murphy's. Oh, yes, it's still there. I heard. And it's expanded. I played rugby all three falls that I was there and never lost a Big Ten match. We had a great time. We had a lot of good foreigners and had a great time. So spectacular uh, memories. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. And I'd also like to get your take on your children's books. Well, my children's books are really my wife's children's books. I just spent four years writing Heads Up Baseball Mm 2.0. And she downloads these children's books in a night. She'll, (laughs) She'll wake up and say, I wrote a children's book and I drew the pictures. And it's just, we like stories. We like, we have simple wins. In fact, that was a theme from this book, talking to Joe Madden. He might even be a Cubs guy. Oh, yeah. But do simple better. It was his big motto that helped them win the World Series. And Birgit's children's books are really about that. It's like, hey, keep it simple and just do simple better as a way to, you know, be great or whatever it is that you might want to be. Keep it simple, but just do it better. It makes sense. Yeah. So for her, that's with the children's books. That's where she's coming from. Well, that's fun. Well, I wanted to start us off. You know, you've got some 
fame associated with your work with the Yankees and Rangers and other Major League Baseball folks. So could you introduce those who are not familiar with, you know, what are the yips? And could you share a story of how you help some folks work through them? Okay, so really what I'm focused on ever since Illinois, then I went to University of Virginia for my formal training in sports psychology. I'm not a psychologist. It's a PE degree. So I'm like a okay. PE teacher that just kept going to school. <laughs> Never could get my toes quite on the line right. And so I had nine years of college to work on that. And it's really about how can you be better? How can you be really awesome at whatever it is that you're doing? I can work and have worked with people from a massive variety of domains, but the commonality is that they're all human. So if you're a manager or whatever you might be at the moment, you're a human performer. And there's elements to the human design that obviously go across whatever the domain is. And I see human performance in a moment-to-moment basis as happening on a continuum from totally freed up and trusting it to the yips. So the yips are on a low end of the scale. They are not, though, some disease that's Mm -hmm. off the spectrum. The way they'd show up is like a catcher catches the ball and just has too much anxiety to really throw the ball back to the pitcher Mm. and throw and miss the pitcher not be able to throw it. It's like a spasm. It's like, uh, it's like stuttering for throwing or stuttering for golf. It's, those are my two main sports where the clients come to yipsbegone.com. And in golf, it can be, they, they can get to the green, but they can't putt or they can't get off the tee. Can't draw the club back. There's some type of anxiety. And as far as I mean, helping people, one of my favorites is a guy in his late 30s who in high school was going to be drafted as a shortstop and then got this yips and just could not make the throw across and didn't even get drafted. He went on to join the military, served, fought in wars, came back, started a family and then could not play catch with his own son. He still had this throwing problem. He's like he could go fight in wars, but throwing with his own son. And so I worked with him. I use a technique called tapping, where you literally tap on different spots on your body that interrupt that pattern. We're looking to break that connection between the thought of, okay, I'm going to make a throw. Throw equals danger. That gets linked up in their head. We got to break that link. So throwing equals fun. And so helping him, I mean, I've got a letter that he wrote me about being able to throw with his son that moves me just remember it of like he's like going on about what it means to him to be able to play catch with his son and also to feel like he wasn't going to pass it on it's not uncommon for parents to have it and then kids have it and so it's human performance and it's just we get in our way there's lots of details to the design of a human that we could go into not really the focus here but it does provide a context for talking who will do what by when and anything else, because it's all human and human design of what can work and what gets in the way. Well, that's so fascinating. And I'm thinking right now of a client I have who reached out and said, it seems like as I'm doing these interviews for a new role at the company I'm there, I keep sort of you know choking or getting super anxious during the course of these interviews, even though Everyone thinks I have great skills. It's just kind of concerning, like, well, what's going on in the interviews? Can we trust this guy with the sort of the higher up situation? And so it sounds like that's related. And so tapping the answer, what what do you do? Well, it is a powerful tool that 
gets in there at a deeper level than just talking about it, in my experience. And yeah, he's got some belief that to me, it all comes back to this. And again, this is the context for everything that I do after 30 plus years of working mental game of blank. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was, I work with a lot of executives and leadership teams. I work with 13 year old, 10 year old baseball players and they're all human. So information comes into us. Our midbrain says, Hey, am I safe? Well, let me look at past experiences with this. And if yes, I'm safe, then the control stays up in the cortex and we have ability to run our motor programs. And if it says, well, no, remember this happened? Oh, it could be bad. Control goes to your lower brain and it's survival mechanism, fight, flight, or freeze. And it's like a hijacking. It doesn't matter what your cortex said. I liken it to a regular hijacking of a plane, regular. If every passenger in the plane was licensed and skilled at flying that plane, it would not matter if they couldn't get to the cockpit. Yeah. And it's the same with your cortex. It's like, oh, it's just a baseball game or it's just an interview. Everyone says I should have this job. It's in your cortex. Mm -hmm. But if your midbrain says no danger, it's not safe, then we're going primal and kind of all bets are off as far as what you know. And so that's what would be going on. And what has to shift is that perception at the deeper level of am I safe, yes or no? And that's what the tapping is a very powerful tool. It's not a miracle. Mm-hmm. It's a powerful tool that helps break that link between an event and a fear. It's if you see it as yeah. a threat, then your performance is compromised because there is what happens in our body is designed to defend us against a physical attack. So that person going in and I'm going to talk to my boss and I always say something stupid. Mm-hmm. There's two levels of ways that I address that. One is, yes, what to actually do. Have a script, have a, what we'll talk about in the book. Here's what to say, but that's great. But so here's how to deal with the anxiety that comes up is that level. The actual level that I like to work on is stopping it from coming, changing that root perception, the belief that this is dangerous or that this is a threat. And so that's, again, where the tapping or other things can be used. But that's what would need to shift. Well, that's fascinating. So I'm curious then, if someone finds himself in that spot right now, it's like, boy, whenever I enter into this particular context, I get all anxious. What would be sort of your step one, two, three for someone who finds himself in that position? Well, if I were to do that without being able to talk with them, because Mm -hmm. the first thing I would do is I would interact with them to find out how it shows up exactly for them. So given that, I would focus on, well, really, you know what, here's make it easy, yeah. is my ABCs. My ABCs are from this book, <laughs> Play Big. All right. Mental toughness secrets that take baseball players to the next level. A stands for act big. So with that survival mechanism, what we tend to do is protect. And mm-hmm. so there's a contraction, we get small. And so physically lifting your head and chest up changes your dynamics. Have you ever seen a Tony Robbins thing? He's big on physiology. (laughs) And so when you have a big physiology, a big physically, it's harder to do badly. It opens up energy. It changes your dynamic and all the, uh, you know, we were talking TED Talks before we got started. The woman who has the one about the power. Oh, Amy Cuddy. Yeah. Awesome. Love that. And so that's A for Amy or in (laughs) case act big. So you're going in, head and chest up. Doesn't have to be, you know, over the top, but does head and chest up. B stands for breathe big. 
long, slow, deep, steady breaths, or just one. But if you're going in today, as soon as anytime you feel nervous about this afternoon's thing, go to a breath. See if you can get it to your belly. Maybe you can't because you so wound up, but see if you can draw some nice, long, slow breaths, counting to five in and five out or whatever you'd like to do. So we got A is act big, B is breathe big, C is commit big. Commit to what you want to have happen. What would I like to have happen in this meeting? What's the goal? And then you could come up with all kinds of verbs. So that's dealing with your state. Right. Act big, breathe big, commit big. And that's for a pitcher. What should I do between pitches? Do your ABCs. I'm walking into a job interview. What should I do? Do your ABCs. <laughs> walking into, you name it, do your ABCs. Because it's the only thing you can control is yourself. You can't control the outcome. And they help get you present. Then I would say, okay, with that C, what's the ball? And whatever it is in baseball and hitting, it's the ball is the ball. In tennis, mm-hmm. the ball is the ball. Well, what is it in a moment? Like with this interview, the key is to get your energy out onto the ball Mm -hmm. and out onto the other person. If I want to sell something, I need to be out over there in him or in her with my energy. What's going on with her? Then I tend to disappear. I have a chance to anyway. Otherwise, hey, what does he think about me? Is this the right shirt? Is this the answer? That's all about you. And the more you can get your energy out onto the ball, which can be a person in this case, the better off you are. So commit to, I'm going to serve that person. No matter how I feel, I'm going to keep going out there to be of service or to go for this goal or target. So act big, breathe big, commit big, and then D, do it. Okay. Well, that's good. And so then does tapping happen separately or could that be in the mix as well? Yeah. See, see that's, that's done before. Okay. Um, to address the perception in the first place. The ABCs, it's great. It's like, but people will be so overwhelmed or can be so overwhelmed by the emotion of what comes up that it just gets wiped out. Like New Orleans had levees, but they weren't up to the, the Katrina that came in. It's like we, we had levees or a golfer. And so it is with emotion. It's like, oh, I've got my ABCs and I still choked. Well, what came up was just too just overmatched. Okay. Then a nice little mental technique. Um, and so that's where, where the tapping undercuts the, the belief um, that gives rise to the stress in the first place. Oh, well, that's so fascinating and helpful. Thank you. I also want to make sure we get a chance to hear some of the wisdom from your book, Who Will Do What by When. It's funny, I got your book way back shortly after it came out, I think, in 2007. Because I was writing a book about accountability. I said, well, I should just know all the you know key books on accountability. It was a very different kind of a perspective. Mine was folks help each other flourish and challenging each other to form good habits and support. And yours had more of a you know team, company, organizational feel. So what's the story behind your work there? Well, the essence of it is like what to say to get things done, how to communicate. It's a leadership book in one way, but... It's everyone's a leader if you look at it that way. You're leading your own life. And so here's how to have influence. Here's the like exact words to say that have power. These are like the power words that if you use them and use them correctly in the model that the book lays out, you have a much better chance 
of success. Exact power words. Please lay them on us. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're words that pretty much everyone knows. It's like with my computer or we were having some audio thing getting started. There's people that know more about it than me. I know to plug stuff in, but I don't have distinctions about the computer, like the computer, the way a computer person would. Right. I'm going to have my computer fixed because there's distinctions inside the computer. Well, here's some distinctions inside a word like declaration. Okay. Declaration might be the most important of all of these words in that it's declaring, using a word to create something that's so. You're speaking into the future. You're speaking into the present and future. The most famous, of course, is the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident and off you go. We're free. Mm-hmm. Well, now they had to fight the war, but that was what they were operating under. They were operating under this declaration that we are independent from you. And therefore, if you're trying to take our money or anything else, we're going to war and we're, we're going to fight you. So a declaration, I was working with a guy yesterday who is a technology person, a really bright technology guy, but he just gets walked on. He has basically trained people that he'll do whatever they ask him, oh, Okay, inter- interrupt him. He's working and they come in. Hey, dude, you know, I got a problem. Can you help me? Oh, sure. And then there goes the next hour. And then he tries to come back to where he was and so forth. And so he was operating AOD, what I call absence of declaration. And he didn't have a declaration about his time. And that, okay, from 12 to 2, that is my focus time. I'm available, like my office hours are from three to five. And from three to five on these days, I'm very open to your questions. But these times, I'm not. And so if he needs to make a declaration that says, this is when I'm available. Otherwise, he's AOD and SOL. Or he'll be DOA if he doesn't. (laughs) Exactly. So his thing, it's, it's just an outer game and an inner game. So we say these power words. Well, yeah, he makes a declaration that, okay, on Wednesday is my focus time. Well, for me, I'll take my own example. Every Tuesday is blocked off focus day. And not until at least three o'clock will I take an appointment because I'm going to do some project on Tuesday. People will say, oh, how about Tuesday at 10? I go, no, how about Wednesday? <laughs> right. Because I have a declaration that Tuesday is a focus day. And so if I'm absent a declaration, then Tuesday's fine and my schedule gets all scattered and I never really get anything done because I don't have the rigor. But that's the outer game is make the declaration. The inner game then is having this inner strength to actually follow through on it. And that's another matter. But at least having the words puts you on second base. You still have to then not take the interruption and say, I'm sorry, I'm busy. But the more you do, so it's like, well, how do I build that up? I want to move up the corporate ladder. How do I build up that inner confidence that I see in these other people? Well, by making and honoring promises to yourself, the more he'll carve out, okay, for one hour, this one hour, I'm just, I'm going to take the phone, no interruptions for one hour. And he does it. And and then you celebrate it. Yeah, see, I did it. It's like little inner strength, weight training, inner strength training, that you make these declarations, which another word for it, and this is a huge power word, is promise. And there's a major word in the workplace. And the reason we wrote, yes, that's the question. The reason we wrote who will do what by when is because after we got 
fired by the Yankees, we started doing a lot more corporate coaching. And we found that people just don't do a good job. We wanted to do, hey, what's the vision and what's Mm -hmm. the high level thing? And it's like, well, they don't make an honor of promises. So in baseball, you throw and catch, throw and catch. If you can't throw and catch, you're in big trouble. That's a fundamental in football, block and tackle, block and tackle. You can design all these fancy plays, but if this X can't block that O, then it doesn't matter because it's all going to get blown up. In business, it's making and honoring promises. And a promise is a declaration. A promise is, I will do X by Y. I will do the Jones project. I'll have it done by Friday at noon. I will do X by Y. And then to honor it, no one fulfills all their promises. Stuff happens. And so if you know what the book is about, basically, is if you know in advance that you're not going to be able to fulfill that promise, you go to the person and renegotiate. If you blow through it and you break a promise, then you go back and you apologize and clean it up. And there's steps for how to do that. And then if that hasn't happened, the person who was promised to, the promise E Mm -hmm. is to go to them and say, hey, my understanding was that you said you'd do X by Y. And I don't think you did that. Did you? No, I didn't. And then off you go to negotiate it. So the book, people can say, well, duh, (laughs) come on. You wrote a book about that? Well, yes, we did because (laughs) we just saw us very absent, very absent from the work world. And so that's part of our mission is like when I work with a little league team or a big league team, what are the fundamentals? Oh, got to catch and throw, catch and throw, catch in a business. Make a promise, honor it. Make a promise, honor it. And that is how you build up the inner strength. And that's how you build up this trustworthiness. I'm using your guy's book there, Zach. Paul Zach. Great interview you did with him. Thank you for that. Oh, thank you. So I bought his book and it's all about trust, right? And the oxytocin that comes with release when there's trust. And so how to be trustworthy, he has his acronym, which is very cool, of each of those letters of oxytocin, mm-hmm. of ways to build trust. And for me, for our focus, it's all those things with particular emphasis, though, on the actual language of trust. The language of trust. How do you build trust? Business move at the speed of trust. Everything, all his numbers and research about the more trust, the more productive and revenue And I'm saying the throwing and catching of trust, the throwing and catching the fundamentals of business is making and honoring promises. And again, there's a language to it. So the words like declaration, you got to have a declaration, make a promise is a type of declaration. What's the gap? And then you make a request. (laughs) Hey, will you please do X by Y? And there's four answers. Yes, that you ought to accept. Yes, I'll do X by Y. Or no, I won't do X by Y. Are you kidding? (laughs) (laughs) Or I don't know. How about if I do Z by Y? Or I can't say for sure. I'll have to check with my peeps. And how about I get back to you by noon tomorrow on that request? You see how there's a clarity in that. It doesn't have to be stiffo, but there is a rigor to it that is just usually missing. Why? Because of the inner game stuff that we even started with, like the yips. It's like, oh, I don't know. But, you know, it's like, hey, will you do this? Yeah. 
Oh. <laughs> and it's like, you got to play the buy when card. Right. It doesn't get played. Okay, well, great. By when will you do that? Mm-hmm. And, oh, well, that's totally, di- <laughs> it's totally different, right? Because the key on either way is having a promise. Because if there's no promise, then there's no grounds for complaint. Understood. Well, that's a great sort of set of frameworks there. And I guess I'm curious if you'd say you've gotten some pushback, like you wrote a book on that. Come on, no duh. You know, what would you say? And oh man, time is flying here. Maybe the one or two minute answer to what, <laughs> what gets in the way, you know, like why in fact are promises so often broken? Because our primary objective as humans is survival, is safety. And so Everything that we've talked about from beginning to end and we really could talk about in terms of human interaction, the cornerstone of it or the umbrella of it all is going to be human safety. Because for me to say, well, by when will you do that? It's risk of confrontation. Mm -hmm. And you say, Mm -hmm. well, it's not life or death. Well, we're geared for survival in the hunting and gathering. And so if you upset people like an authority, then they may kick you out of the tribe and that's a death sentence. You can't eat very much. You certainly can't mate. You got no. You got no. <laughs> you got nothing with the mating if you are an outcast of a tribe. So we're all geared for safety first, and that's where the trust comes in. Where it all happens, where it moves faster when there's trust, everything goes well. Well, no, it's not true. Everything goes more efficiently, effectively mm-hmm. when there's trust. It's because we're not contracted. We're open, and we're open to possibilities. And we're thinking possibilities for what could happen with the company versus I got to cover my own butt. I see. And so you're saying in that fearful moment of, hey, can you do this by why? You know, the answer they would prefer to hear is yes, of course. But in reality, that might not really be possible. Exactly. And you might be afraid right. to say that. It's like, because you ought to say, okay, well, I can do that. I can do X by Y. I just need to say though, that if I do do X by Y, A, B, C, or D that we've agreed to, one of them has to fall off and I have to not do that. So would you rather have me do X or, you know, which one should Mm -hmm. I knock off? But who says that? (laughs) (laughs) In what Zach's talking about, that culture, he was pumping up uh, Zappos. Mm -hmm. They would say that. It's like, well, yeah, I could, but not, you know, realistically, something's got to give. Do you want to have me do this or this? choose you know in the normal environment unfortunately they was like we'll do both we got to do them both and it's just not really possible so something's going to give or you're going to push this on to somebody who can't do it (laughs) and so a lot of it has to do with in your organization is it safe to make the declaration no right in most work cultures it's not safe or an option really to make the declaration no I won't do that. Or even what you want to have is a relationship of trust that enables a dialogue. Well, okay, well, what's really important here? What if this is really, and go back and forth, you know, and that having that relationship makes the information go, you know, my son had a, played a trumpet solo the other day and he knew that by the time it came up, his lips were tired and he wasn't doing it very well. And what I would want to have had to happen was that he discussed that with her, that he might be able to lay low on some of the practices before the you know rehearsal, right before the performance. He blew his lip out in a rehearsal. 
So mm-hmm. he didn't have it for here. And it's like, okay, we'll get in better shape. Yes. But if the relationship dynamic is such that you're safe to say, you know, can I just kind of dog it here in the rehearsal because I'm having lip issue? Oh, sure. Or no, <laughs> mm-hmm. depending on how it goes. But you see how the dynamic of the relationship determines what happens there. And like Joe, I mentioned Joe Madden earlier. There's the year before they won the World Series, he was manager of the year. A guy said, hey, what were your priorities going into spring training? First spring training with the Cubs, he said relationships. First three weeks, relationships. That was it because with bad relationships, nothing's possible. With good relationships, anything's possible. So it's all about relationship. And so there's an inner game that we've talked about, but also this outer game of using these words, you know, you promise, you might not say it like that. It's like, hey, will you do X by Y? Yes, I will do X by Y. And then if it is done, then you're off to the races. And it works. And it's this human dynamics in the book, as you may recall, the subplot is a guy's relationship with his wife. Oh, right. Add some drama, like the goal. <laughs> That's right. I, exactly. It was going to be like the goal. And I have this, they were going through a divorce, but then we used, my wife is a fantastic coach. She's a master certified coach and works with executives and leadership teams. And But she was also, and still is, working with a scriptwriter in Hollywood that had written for Emmy award-winning shows. And she said, that is just too much. Make it a girlfriend. Are you mm-hmm. distracting? You're distracting from what you want them to get. And so it's his girlfriend. He shows up late again for dinner and she's had enough. And so so that's (laughs) what the book starts off. The guy just has no integrity is really what we're talking about. Being true to your word, not from a moral standpoint, but you said you do X by Y. Did you do X by Y? Then you're, that's integrity. You're in integrity. And so she dumps him kind of spoiler alert, it's only only about page four and he's got the rest of the book. It's the same with his team. They blow up at the beginning and he thinks it's them. And then he talks to a coach who says, Hey, you know, you want to look in the mirror and start there. And he's got, you know, the rest of the book to try and get his team going and get the girl back. Okay. I'm hooked. So, well, now I'd like to shift gears a bit and hear about a few of your favorite things. Could you start us off with a favorite quote? A favorite quote? What comes to mind is I had a wooden carving made up of the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. That's nice. Thank you. Love that. Put it up on my kid's wall. Because it's like, you remember what's really important. Oh, that's great. And how about a favorite tool, whether that's a product or service or app, something that helps you be awesome at your job? I really groove with Screencast-O-Matic. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Screencast-O-Matic. It's a great name, great product, and enables me to do screen capture stuff, different things with video and audio. I love it. I love anything that has O-Matic. I know, right? (laughs) I know. How could you not get that? And do you have a favorite habit, a personal practice that's been helpful for you? Would really be my breath or going with a deep breath, really tuning into where I'm at in terms of anxiousness level. And knowing that a good slow breath like that can really change my state dramatically. Oh, that's great. Thank you. And would you say there's a particular nugget or sort of Tom Hansen original message that seems to really connect and resonate with your audience in terms of they're nodding their head and waiting for more? (laughs) What comes to mind with that is maybe um, this idea of in and out that you'd go in 
you check yourself to see, oh, how am I doing? Like I just said, how am I doing awareness or anxiety wise or stress wise? What's going on? But no matter what, when it's time to perform, you want to get out onto the ball or out onto whatever it is. Between pitches, you can check in and then no matter how you feel, it's time to get out onto the ball. Mm-hmm. It's the same within a meeting, anything else. This idea of getting your attention out and off of yourself is liberating. Get some head nods. Okay. Thank you. And is there a best place for folks to get in touch or learn more about what you're up to? Well, the company website is headsupperformance.com. And we are just launching, as we record this, or preparing to launch, something at whowilldowhatbywhen.com. So whowilldowhatbywhen.com, we're creating a course that we've been using for a while, but we're formalizing it to make it more available to help people work these things into their game. You'd think it's like, well, it's okay. Now I got it. I heard him say it. Well, it's like hearing someone talk about fielding ground balls or hitting. (laughs) You really need to do it in order to get it into your body. And so it's an embodiment course for this so that you build up, yes, the outer game tools, of knowing the words, but also really that inner game strength to use them effectively. So that's at who will do what by when.com. And I have, I mentioned uh, Yips Be Gone. Mm-hmm. There was another Yips, I kind of made it up tongue in cheek, like the Omatic. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like yipsbegone.com is where you could learn more about that. And uh, then Play Big Baseball is where this other book can be found. Okay, thank you. And do you have a final sort of parting challenge or call to action for those seeking to be more awesome at their jobs? I would say that it is in the present moment is that it's so easy to get caught up in the future thinking of where you're trying to get to that you can miss doing a really great job in the present. You'll do a much better job in the present moment if that's where your focus is, as well as It'll be a lot more fun, a lot more enjoyable if you just say, here's where I am. And there's a, it's like acceptance of where I am. And doesn't mean you have to like it. Doesn't mean that you're satisfied in a way that you're not going to drive forward. But an acceptance of like, you know what? Here's where I am today. I'm going to enjoy the heck out of it. That's great. Well, Tom, thank you. This has been so much fun. And, you know, keep on doing your good work there. Thank you very much. Loved it. Same to you. Keep doing a good job with this. I've really enjoyed going through multiple of your podcasts. You do an awesome job yourself. I love that notion about being serious about your promises and sharing the implications of taking on a given commitment. And it can do worlds for improving your relationships and trust with one another and integrity, as well as just keeping your own plate and workload reasonable. It's insane so that you can breathe and rock and roll. So hope you dug that. If you drop on by awesomeatyourjob.com slash app 137, you can review the show notes and links and such here. I also recommend you push the subscribe button so you'll hear from folks like our next guest. Rupa Unikrishnan is a super impressive Rhodes Scholar, Hall of Fame athlete who has some brilliance when it comes to finding your ideal career fit and going for it, making it happen. So I hope to catch you then and peace. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. To get the most out of this conversation, visit awesomeatyourjob.com to find today's show notes, transcript, and infographic summary cheat sheet. 
For more entertaining professional skill sharpening, be sure to subscribe to catch the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job. 